Superstars with Super Stories. Cast them here. The Ongori Podcast. COVID-19 is a pandemic that has struck this world, driving people crazy, including Kenyans. I don't know if uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm affected, but then COVID-19 is one thing that has really, really brought about depression in many people. And uh, as we are speaking, the cases of mental illness are spiking everywhere in the world, affecting more than 1.9 million people in Kenya alone. Just imagine, almost two million Kenyans are going through depression. And also for information, the research also shows that 61% of Kenyans feel lonely. Uh, 52% feel helpless and 33% of Kenyans are very hungry. That's why you can see all that, you know, bile when it comes to social media. Anytime you post, what wana kutusi, And really wonder ni wafanyia nini. So today we are here to talk about the whole issue about mental illness, how you can discover if you're sick because So how can you discover that you have a mental problem? To provide some clarity and guidance, we reached out to Steven Stoyal. This guy has traveled this world like crazy. And today is here to give us some information about what he knows and what we never knew we know. Let's talk to this guy. So, so how, is, how is this going now? <laughs> so we are going to talk about uh, the topic that I gave you. Mm-hmm. We're talking about uh, COVID-19 driving more Kenyans into depression. Mm-hmm. And I was asking, do we have a savior? I thought you were the savior. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could be. I could provide <laughs> some some solutions. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about um, what COVID-19 is doing to Kenyans and mm-hmm. why are Kenyans falling into depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, first, first of all, uh, thank you for having me on the podcast. Um, um, I think this is a very great way to be able to share yeah, yeah. messages and lessons and uh, and learnings all over the place. Yeah, okay. anytime, uh, anytime, bro. Yeah. yeah. So, so far, are we are we live? Exactly. Are we, live? we are mm-hmm? recording now. We are recording. Wazi, wazi. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. So let's go now. So what is the first now question? <laughs> so COVID-19 is driving Kenyans into depression. Why are Kenyans falling into depression? Yeah, I mean, um, generally, it's not only Kenyans. It's, it's a global uh, thing that COVID-19 is really has driven a lot of people into depression. And this is... Uh, uh, all this was very expected as a response uh, mm-hmm. because... Uh, the world as it is currently, and Kenyans have never experienced um, a pandemic before. Yeah. We've never experienced a lockdown before. Yeah. Um, we've never experienced being uh, without our friends for a very long time, two, three months, one year, you've not seen your friends before. Yeah. So it was very expected that uh, some level of depression would come. Because again, human beings are social creatures. So when we, we we do not interact, when we do not uh, socialize with other people, when we do not uh, make those connections and smile at each other and have those conversations, yeah. then um, it is expected that at some point depression will definitely set in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There are reports saying that the impact of COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. Let's say just Africa. Africa, we we, we are kind of poor, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were saying that uh, you know. 
the the effect of COVID nineteen could be immense because of uh, weak healthcare systems. Do you mm-hmm. think that statement is correct? Yeah, I mean that statement uh, uh, from the earlier days that was uh, was partly correct. Yeah. Just because uh, again our systems, especially in uh, with the exception of uh, Congo and uh, the West, the Central Africa, who have battled with the, the Ebola pandemic before. Yeah. Our health systems in generally in Africa and even globally really were not very ready to be able to handle you know such a pandemic and you would see that uh, even when it came during the first few months then we we were we as a country and even as a government were really struggling to be able to you know get the beds work with the community healthcare workers yeah. figure out what strategy we will use to to sort of um, take care of the pandemic so we had um, different ways to deal with it but definitely we were not ready and our healthcare systems were not ready as well. Yeah. And, and and now that was part of the challenge and part of the, you know, the COVID-19 problem. Yeah. Yeah. You know, talking about depression, yes, someone who is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there are some people who don't know if they're depressed or mm-hmm. you know, what is disturbing them in their lives. So how mm-hmm. can someone identify when he's depressed? Yeah. So, I mean, depression, uh, when you put it as depression, it seems like a very big thing that... Uh, you know, people people think is, is it cannot get them, but um, when you start to feel like uh, you you are isolating yourself from everybody else, yeah. when you start feeling stress constantly, so that you are unable to do like your normal activities. For example, if you used to wake up and uh, you know go and do some studies and you know interact with people and what have you. When you find that you are now not doing that as often yeah. and you are beginning to isolate yourself and you are constantly having stress yeah. and, and and it is interfering with your normal daily life or your normal life schedule, yeah. then that is depression that is beginning to just set you know, into, into your life or into existence. So depression often does not start as a, as a big thing. Yeah. It starts as stress that goes unattended and constant worrying, you know, constant worrying, what will tomorrow bring? How will the pandemic affect us? What will we eat? A lot of people are dying. Will I get it? Have I gotten it before? <laughs> so getting all of those constant, uh, you know, questions and just constant worrying really, um, you know, goes to lens. That is how, what depression, you know, begins to create. And probably at some point uh, in this talk, I'll talk a bit about uh our research that we did on young people and the effects of COVID-19 on mental health and yeah. some of the findings that we came up with, which were, you know, a bit surprising as far as uh, that is concerned. Okay, we shall we shall look at that. Huh? Mm-hmm. So when a person, uh, you know, realizes that he's going into depression or she's going into depression, mm-hmm. do we have something like a psychological first aid? Yes, and uh, yes, there are psychological way uh, uh, you've actually put it uh, very nicely there are psychological first aids to say that uh, you know really gets uh, you can be able to use as an individual to be able to get yourself out of depression so here are a few tips that i could probably offer just so that you're able to you know get the picture so once you realize that you are constantly being stressed that you are constantly um disconnecting with people that you are having constant worry and you you are unable to cope up with your normal uh daily routines in life yeah 
then uh, one of the first things you need to do um, is first of all, uh, change your environment. So most of the time you find that, especially young people, we live in single rooms and, and <laughs> bed sitters. You, know, you know, with poverty, you cannot mm-hmm. change your environment. No, no, no. So uh, let me just come back to that one because okay, okay, this okay. is how uh, you can change that environment. Okay. So for example, you live in, in a single room and things are all over the place and things are cluttered. Eh? Yeah. So when you live in a house and the house is cluttered in itself and things are not in order, yeah, that already uh, sends a signal to the brain and that signal that is what begins to get you into stress. So your environment in itself can already contribute to adding into your stress. So simple acts like arranging the room, getting things in order, getting things cleaned up, begin to you know refresh your environment and as a result send a signal to the brain yeah. that this is, this is an organized environment and therefore I need not to be stressed in finding things and, and in doing my work. Yeah. So that is one, one, uh, and I have like probably three or four. So that is like one sort of psychological first aid that you could do is get your room or your environment in order. Like just try to get some order going on for you. So that is one. Yeah. Two is go outside. Uh, I mean, if, if you are staying indoors a lot, yeah. go outside, have some sun, you know, have the wind, have the air, feel, reconnect to the environment, go have some experience with, you know, the sunshine. Don't be in the house 24-7 so that you're not getting the sun. Getting the sun in itself has a lot of, you know, positive effects on your health and your psychological health that really also contributes to, you know, reducing signs of depression and anxiety. And by going outside, I also mean connecting with nature, you know, going into the environment and, just connecting with the, you know, with the environment and feeling the wind and, and stuff like that. So that is a two number two thing that you could be able to do to really uh, control or get out of, snap out of, uh, you know, that constant depression that is in your mind. Yeah. Um, the third way is uh, practice meditation, and meditation is not the other one. Meditation. It's not that other one with yeah, uh, yeah, with yeah. the weed and whatever. So you know, practice meditation. And meditation is no is always also viewed as a very big complex thing. Yeah. Um, meditation really is just finding a place where you can really sit down and have you know quiet time to yourself and not think about you know anything else and really concentrate on uh, you know external uh, you know external factors. Just quieting your brain mm-hmm. because depression and anxiety is the brain is too active trying to figure out things and trying to worry about things yeah. so getting into meditation it quiets the brain it gets the brain to quiet down and as a result the body quiets down and that gets you off of you know you know depression and this is something you can do by yourself there are mobile applications out there yeah. and you can even do it with people as well it starts from simple techniques like taking deep breaths, breathing in, breathing out, feeling your body, how is your body feeling today, and stuff like that. So uh, practicing meditation is another tip that you are able to uh, help you to get out of uh, you know, depression during times like COVID-19. And then fourth yeah, is um, talk to people. Call your family, call your friends. Don't spend the whole day you haven't talked to, you know, you know, people and, and you are locked down inside. 
the fact that you are locked down inside and you are not talking to people yeah. is what uh, you know gets you into into depression and worry and anxiety. Oh. And uh, talking to people really <laughs> helps to you know get your brain into the right frame of mind and really get your brain to um, connect again with people because you are now not connecting with them physically. You can still connect with them virtually through phone calls, through Zoom meetings, through you know hangouts, and there are a lot of ways that you're still able to call people, but call people and get into contact with people. Yeah. So those are like the four things that come you know immediately to my mind in as far as a you know psychological first aid for for depression is concerned. Exactly. Oh, and, and another and, thing, yeah. another thing. Yeah, please. Um, Write down things. Don't store things in your brain. Yeah. So, for example, um, you you want to, you know, depression and anxiety also counts because you are using your brain as a filing cabinet. Yeah. Yeah? The brain yeah. is yeah. not a filing cabinet. Write things down on a piece of paper so that you are able to take everything that you are experiencing or feeling in your brain yeah. to a piece of paper. Once you've written down all of your stress, all of your worries, all of your plans on a piece of paper, they are now not very big, you know, big demons or big things that exist in our brains, but it is specific, clear things that you've now written them down. And after writing them down, you can now start to work on them. You can now, you know, it, it removes that notion of it being a big fear that we are going to die or something like that. It now becomes something specific, and now you know the brain is also relieved by writing things down on paper, and even practicing journaling, just writing down your experiences, really gets you into a good frame of mind. So yeah, yeah. I and you know you are uh, you have talked about some important points mm-hmm. uh, about you know psychological first aid. Mm-hmm. You know we we are Africans, eh? mm-hmm. and there are some African cultures. Like I know there are some parents. Who have mm-hmm. not like uh, you know acknowledged that we have depression in our society. Mm-hmm. So if you approach a parent and tell him that you know I have depression, mm-hmm. and I say, umerogwa, you've been uh, you know be weak or something. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So do you feel like you know we still have that, that you know African culture in us that mm-hmm. you know is hindering uh, the uptake of mental health care services? Yes, we still have that. Yeah. And uh, but the good news is that is changing. You know, um, with our parents, the reason why that stuck for a long time is yeah. because there was, uh, you know, something that people don't understand. Yeah. People begin to create things around it. Mm-hmm. So for a very long time, mental health as a topic was not understood and things like depression and anxiety and stress and, you know, schizophrenia were not very well understood by our parents, you know. And uh, because they were not understood, um, they, you know, if you don't understand something, you create something. So they created, you know, the witchcraft, the, you know, um, (laughs) being a mad person. But now there is a lot of information that is out there that is helping people understand what these, you know, mental health scenarios are. There is a lot of uh, connection now with the internet and uh, you know with technology that this information can now circulate. Um, the ministries of health and the government and even the NGOs have come out yes. very strongly, you know, to begin focusing on uh, educating communities on mental health and helping them understand. And so, while still there is uh, that uh, African 
uh, you know, traditional mentality that was there because we did not understand. Yeah. Um, it is beginning to change, and it's changing uh, at a good rate at the moment. People are beginning to understand more. And even if you can tell uh, the country, even as a country, we've been in a space where we are beginning to have open conversations about mental health, and there's a lot of mental health work going on. So those are some of the signs to show that, uh, you know, we are moving towards the right direction as it concerns, you know, mental health and mental wellness. Yeah. Mm. But when it comes to, you know, issues with uh, mental health, mm -hmm. there's a research that uh, I saw, mm -hmm. uh, the East Africa magazine, now they're talking about, you know, men, uh, men mm -hmm. are being viewed as being immune to feelings. Mm -hmm. And this makes men to, you know, end up being depressed. Do you also think that, you know, the burden of masculinity uh, mm -hmm. Is also making men not to, you know, express themselves out and to fight depression. Yes, that is also yes. It it is there, you know. Um, that is that is a very huge fact that uh, you mm -hmm. know, for a very long time, men have been thought to be hardy and feelings. <laughs> if you had feelings and you are a man, yeah, hey, that's a that's a problem. <laughs> that's a big problem. <laughs> you should not be, you know, talking where men are because. Supposedly, men were supposed to be the hard guys who, yeah. you know, do not have feelings and, and you know do not go to 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 war and stuff like that. Mm. And uh, and and part of that can really be attributed even from you know the origins of uh, of men and of humanity itself. Yeah. Whereby you know in the past it was survival for the fittest. You know, if you look at the Darwinian theory of human evolution, then you'd see that. Uh, you know, the human evolved as a survival for the fittest. So, uh, you know, in that space and time, there was no, um, you know, there was no windows for feelings. And because then the minute you hesitate, you know, someone eats you and, you know, some animal eats you or something like that and you don't survive. Yeah. But we've come now a long way from, you know, that uh, that ecosystem whereby now we are we are now, after we survive, we now are supposed to thrive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when it concerns thriving, then, you know, mental health issues begin to become a concern. Yeah. And we really need, you know, to recognize that in order to enjoy life, you have to express how you feel. And, uh, and really, it's okay for men to cry. It's okay for everyone to cry. You know, <laughs> right? well, but in, in the past, a man crying is a, <laughs> it's, it's a non issue. Men are not crying. Yeah. When you used to be in school, even in high school, you would go and get your beating, and and <laughs> the fact that you came out without tears as a man that showed that you are a strong one. Yeah. And if those Legion. who cry, then it showed that they are weak ones. But uh, you know, those are some of the myths that we have lived with as men, you know, and in the African society. Yeah. <laughs> but it's beginning to change now with the right information and. Uh, you know, with the right approach to life now and with all of the efforts being put across to talk about mental health and really to show that it's okay to express your feelings, it's okay to cry, it's okay to be afraid, yeah. it's okay to be happy, it's okay to love, you know, such kind of feelings, you know, um, are, are we are beginning to get more information on that. And as a result, and especially our generation, you can see that uh, we are really beginning to change and really to embrace our wholeness, you know, even embrace our feelings as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we talk about psychological first aid, talk about uh, how you can detect uh, mental illness. Mm -hmm. So here is someone who is, uh, you know, has found himself in the mental illness, yeah? 
Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. is is depression anxiety treatable? Yes, depression and anxiety is very very treatable, and I'd go to an extent to say almost all mental health conditions are either treatable yeah, yeah. or manageable. There's no conditions that do not have treatment or management. Yeah. And uh, we are beginning to see a lot of this treatment come locally. Uh, there's a lot of NGOs in Kenya currently and in Africa that are now beginning to offer uh, treatment on mental health. Yeah. Um, coming from the health field, I'll definitely say we still have a gap in terms of uh, the number of psychiatrists and psychologists that we have as a country and their access to them. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that is beginning to change. The, 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 we have a big gap. We are, we are working on it as a, as a country. But uh, I see that the situation is slowly beginning to change. Yeah. Slowly are beginning to see organizations like Basic, basic Rights and Basic yeah, Needs, basic needs yeah, organizations right. like Red Cross and AMREF have programs on mental health. Yeah. You know, even organizations like Storylink, for where I am the CEO, exactly. you know, having <laughs> programs that focus on mental health and young people. So slowly we are beginning to see that transition and uh, it's going to take us some time, but we at least we are, you know, we are getting there. We are seeing this as a concern and we know, you know, in the past, the, the, one of the biggest barriers was uh, mental health was viewed as untreatable. Yeah. But now we know that it's treatable and now we are beginning to see that actors are beginning to bring that treatment closer and closer to people. And I'm very optimistic that, uh, in another few years, we'll be at a much better place in as far as, you know, mental health and wellness is concerned. Yeah. Mm. And uh, what about medication? Is it expensive? Is it affordable? Or how do we go about, about the health stuff? Yeah. So I, I definitely say that uh, <coughs> at the moment, yeah. the medication is um, is not very affordable, you know, with the Kenyan standards. And, and yeah. I wouldn't really... Um, yeah you know, want to hide that fact. It's yeah. not very affordable at the moment. Yeah. And uh, the services are also not very available at the moment, yeah. you know, as it concerns specialist care for, for mental health. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that is just the situation that we are in as a country, but uh, there's progress on that. However, yeah. um, there are organizations already that uh, are already providing you know, some psychological counseling for free. And then they have like these tall numbers where you are able to call yeah. um, and be able to really um, express yourself and talk to a trained psychologist. Yeah. So um, while these services are and medication is not um, easily available, the access to primary care is slowly becoming, uh, you know, available with this you know, free toll call numbers and, uh, you know, these support centers that are beginning to come up. Yeah. Uh, in the in the near future, I see a situation where we are having more affordable medication and easier access to, to treatment for mental health. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, in the streets, they have their way of, you know, curing their depression, yeah? Mm-hmm. So does, you know, substance or drug use, uh, you know, lower the chances of getting depression or does it trigger more and more depression? Yeah, you know, drugs and substance abuse yeah. are, are are one of the leading causes of depression and anxiety and mental health challenges in the population as a whole. Yeah. 
So whilst uh, people take you know drugs and substance abuse like <laughs> alcohol and bang and yeah. weed and yeah, tobacco yeah. to calm themselves, yeah. And and that is the message that the, you know these drugs industries or tobacco industries are sending out there. Yeah. The truth of the matter and the science behind it is that uh, the drugs are in fact leading people to become more depressed. Yeah. You know they are they are making people to become disconnected with the community. Yeah. They are leading to more anxiety and and, and in fact we, we, you know when when you start to use the drugs and you become uh, you you become uh, relaxed because you're using drugs. When you snap out, you get anxious. And then, you know, what the tobacco or the alcohol or the drug industry encourages you is use it again so that you go back to being relaxed. <laughs> and then they trap you in that cycle of uh, we induce a relaxation. You get out, you are anxious, you get back to relaxation. So that is how the alcohol and the tobacco and generally the drug industries capture young people. However, this is not sustainable. And, you know, drugs in themselves, they, are, they lead to people having depression and anxiety for the, a long period of their life. And without proper treatment, you might never experience, you know, a complete life, you know, being a user of drugs and substance abuse. So it's very clear, the science is very straight that any drugs and substance abuse, you know, really alter and interfere with someone's mental health. Yeah. And as a result, they can really take you to from a place of health to a place of sickness and depression and constant anxiety and worrying. Yes. So you also talked about uh, uh, research that you, you did with your team. Mm -hmm. So maybe mm -hmm. you can tell us something about uh, the research. Yeah. So um, last year, we we as Toilink were... You know, we saw COVID-19 had come into the field. Yeah. And uh, we saw the effect it was beginning to have on uh, young people as it concerns their mental health. Yeah. So we sat down and asked ourselves a question. Uh, that what is really the effect of, uh, of you know, of COVID-19 on mental health for young people? Because, again, without the evidence, you cannot go to the you know, to the policy makers, to the to the government and tell them that, hey, yeah. you need to focus more on young people on mental health because you know depression and anxiety is getting to them. So then we we definitely we carried out a two month research um you know in Nairobi really to try and find out is there a connection between you know the depression and the anxiety and the you know the sad state of mental health in right. the country and yeah. COVID nineteen. And some of the findings that we found is that, uh, you know, when it came to the question of feeling down, depressed, or hopeless, yeah. um, a large chunk of young people, you know, uh, around 26%, they express that they are feeling down, depressed, and hopeless almost every day in the past 14 days that we are doing the research. Yeah. And it's a very worrying statistic because if you're feeling depressed and hopeless, almost every day that is what leads <laughs> to suicidal thoughts yeah and that is what gets you you know to to uh, carry out suicide and uh, when we came to the question of you know suicide and uh, what young people are experiencing yeah you know more than almost 10 percent of young people expressed that you know within the past 14 days they were feeling uh, you know uh, they're having suicidal thoughts almost every day you know what? almost every day 10%, that is like 
out of every 10 people, one person wants to what? kill themselves. What? You see, that's a very, yeah, very, very worrying statistic, you know, when you come to think about it. And, and uh, again, um, yeah. you know, also what we found out with this research is yeah. that uh, COVID-19 and especially where people got the news from COVID-19 yeah. and the measures of COVID-19, like the lockdown, and uh, you are now unable to do your things as usual. Yeah. And then the effects of that, like loss of jobs, really contributed to you know depression anxiety and worrying you know amongst you know young people and, and the youth in the country yeah but also what this research revealed you know when we were testing for resilience um yeah. we found out that uh, you know generally young people were optimistic you know the youth were optimistic that uh, you know despite the suffering that they are undergoing at the moment and despite the stress and the anxiety they're optimistic that they will come out okay yeah. and that they will uh, you know they'll fight covid-19 and that uh, even though it will affect them it will not affect they'll they'll be able to survive it you know there is that fighting spirit that uh, we also discovered that young people had that they are they are they are very optimistic that in the end you know things will uh, they'll come out in the end you know yeah. COVID-19 will not be the end of them. And that was also, you know, you know, statistics that really gave us, you know, some hope that, uh, you know, despite the, the effects of COVID-19, the confusion, the lack of focus, the anxiety, the fear, the paranoia that has been created, young people are still, you know, optimistic that uh, they'll be able to, you know, come through and survive this thing. Exactly. And yeah. so from the research, what were the recommendations that you guys came out you know, came up with. Yeah, so we came out with uh, several uh, recommendations. One is yeah. that uh, the government needs to, you know, uh, focus on young people when it comes to mental health and the mental health response in yeah. terms of a crisis like COVID-19. Currently, uh, there are no strategies yeah. on mental health response, you know, for so, an emergency or a crisis like COVID-19. Yeah. And one of the things that we suggested to the government is that uh, there needs to be a very clear strategy yeah. on how to address you know, uh, mental health as well when it comes to uh, a crisis like this. And, uh, you know, there could be more crisis in the future. And now this was to act as a, as a lesson so that next time we are able to prepare ourselves. So as the for now... other thing that uh, we suggested uh, okay, okay, okay. was that um, information, the government needs to fight misinformation. Yeah, yeah. You know, and COVID-19 had and still has a lot of misinformation around it. And there was very weird news when, you know, it started off and, you know, really the government needs to have effective strategies yeah. to really uh, communicate uh, the right information and ensure more population have the right information. Yeah. So yes. currently the government is doing nothing. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, wow, wow. So uh, just to, you know, uh, uh, give some conclusion, yeah? Mm -hmm. So here is someone who is depressed, uh, mm -hmm. doesn't have you know family doesn't have friends so mm -hmm. do we have organizations or do we have numbers that you know they can call to get some help yes yeah we have a few organizations that focus specifically on that yeah uh, and really providing mental health care and support to you know individuals like that for free yeah yeah and uh, uh one of them is called uh, basic rights uh, kenya yeah, yeah. and uh, the, you know there's also amref but i'll give 
the contracts, and, and this I think it will be the most helpful, exactly, is exactly. Uh, the contracts to Red Cross because Red Cross has a very detailed and a very extensive program where they really help people, you know, go through uh, mental health challenges and really they really talk and take care of such kind of individuals. And they are providing this service uh, through their toll-free uh, hotline, which is uh, 1199. Oh, 1199. So if, 1199. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're feeling depressed, anxious, you need someone to talk to, that number when you call, they respond immediately and it is free to call you know, that number. It is free and I think it's the easiest to mention, yeah. but also they have a telephone number that you can also call, which is uh, 0703 yeah. 0307000. 0703037000. is also their number that you can also call them if you feel like, uh, you know, you need these services, you need to talk to someone, you need help. Yeah. They will give you quality help and they'll give you for free for so you free. know these are some of the this is one of the biggest organizations that you have and they have the most spread so i feel that is the most efficient uh, you know uh, organization that i could suggest to to the listeners just because you know the national outlook it it really has that outlook so so yeah and uh, yeah so where can people get you and uh, if you know people asking if they can join Starlink International mm -hmm. how they mm -hmm. how do they go about it and uh, you know such kind of stuff yeah so uh, people can uh, join us as volunteers on our website www.starlink uh, starlink yeah. is s t o w e l i n c k yeah. .com yeah uh, if you go on our website on the contact segment, you can able to be contact. You can be able to contact us, and uh, when we have opportunities for volunteers to join, yeah. volunteers, you can always be able to join us as a volunteer. Yeah. You can also be able to join us as a partner. So if if you have an organization that is you know working in the health field on different sides of health, yeah. you can also be able to contact us, and you can be able to partner with you in various ways. Yeah. Um. The other thing is across all of the social media, again, it's Storylink. So when you just Google Storylink, all of our social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, yeah. everywhere, you'll be able to find us and connect with what we do as well. Yeah. More than that, you can connect with us directly on our mobile application, mm. NCDs 365. NCDs is NCDS 365 on Play Store. The app uh, provides you information on non-communicable diseases like cancer, diabetes, and stroke for free. It provides you access to events and toolkits and medical camps happening around you, again, for free. It also provides you a list of organizations that can support you for free on that platform. Also, it connects you with the most updated products and services that exist in this area of non-communicable diseases, including mental health, and yeah. all of this, you know, we are doing for free. So that is how you are able to contact, connect with us, work with us, partner with us. And we are always very open to partnership. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we always support uh, working with other people across the country and across, you know, the continent. And, you know, there are some hyenas, quote unquote, who are asking, can I meet Toel personally so that we can connect? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> that is that is an interesting question. Yeah. I mean, um, the, the way you are able to meet me uh, yeah. a one-on-one at the moment is, uh, you know, it's yeah. very limited yeah. just because of COVID nineteen and whatnot. But uh, once the um, once the COVID nineteen uh, regulations are lifted, yeah. uh, I usually have a book read. This is for the books that I've written and uh, and that I'm writing. So I have a session with uh, a lot of people. We have this networking event where people come in and we read books, you know, and we are able to share, you know, knowledge and insights on business and, and mentorship. And, uh, you know, so during such networking events that I'm hosting or that we are organizing a story link yeah. or, you know, during other events that we also host, that is also a place where, probably might be able to meet me in person. You can person. connect, with Celia. <laughs> and also, yeah. the lastly, you never told people where they can get you personally through your handles, social media platforms. Yeah. Personally, you can get me at Steven Stowell yeah. across all, all social media, media platforms. platforms. Yeah. So Steven Stowell is where you are able to get me across all social media platforms, really. Yeah. And uh, also, you are able to get me. In fact, this is the best way to get me nowadays is uh, via my personal website, which yeah. is com. So www.ogwenostephen.com yeah. uh, Stephen with a P-H and Ogweno being O-G-W-E-N-O yeah. uh, So there on the website there you learn everything that is about me and also you'll be able to connect with me very easily. I have a mentorship program going on on the website as well where I mentor young people in business and social enterprises. If you are interested you are able to connect you know on that as well yeah. so again um that is where you are able to find me if you need uh, you know a more uh engagement uh, you know from your end so again you are able to get me directly on my website mm-hmm. so thanks very much for you know coming through yeah thank you very much as well this was very nice and i hope this was very helpful as well to your listeners exactly. and uh yeah, looking forward to doing another, you know, broad, another another podcast as well, you know, on other health issues and, uh, you know, even moving further into other conversations on business and entrepreneurship and young people. Superstars, Superstars with Super Stories. Cast them here, the Ongori Podcast. Superstars.